Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and guests unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Get ready to find your free will from your roots in the stars. And today is January 30th, just a couple of days after the full moon in Leo. And it's 2021. And tonight I have a great, wonderful, special panel of the East-West astrologers. And they are astrologers who are involved with the East-West Bookshop in Seattle, Washington, Northwest Astrologers. And on the 16th of the month, as they do every year, they had a four-hour forum where they all five presented their outlook. It's called 2021 Outlook for the coming year. And today is a sequel to that. And as it is with the odds of life, we have actually four of them involved today and one of them will be uh on voice he is orbiting through space and you never uh, know he might oh hey and there's karen so we have now instant electronic uh aquarius at action so i'll introduce ray couture is up at the top corner and you can wave with ray as we announce yes and he's a highly regarded astrological counselor and life coach He's French-Canadian, Lakota Sioux, and Cajun descent. And he's been involved with astrology 45 years plus, studied with such greats as Dane Rujar. And we all in astrology love and adore Dane. I, my teeth nod on his soul. <laughs> the father of humanistic astrology. And he presents workshops and lectures on the Sabian symbols. And... Also, we have Are Denny you? Luna up there on the top right-hand corner. Denny, hi. And she's a born medium with also 40 years of professional experience and holds a master's degree in transpersonal psychology and specializes in divin- and me and my tongue, divination. Divination. Thank you. And gives a pro- advice on the higher realms. An intuitive coach, counselor of a whole myriad of wonderful facets and does workshops, classes, meditation, uh, motivational communication, performance coaching. And she was, Denny was a national TV reporter and now a communications coach. And that is so much with the nodes. We're North Node in Gemini and certified Gaia coaching. And that's a world's premier women's leadership program. Karen Wenderlin down there on the bottom corner. Karen, wave. Um, for 28 years, combined knowledge of business, astrology, tarot, mythology, metaphysics, and mediumship for her own distinct client-centered approach. She has an online study group, teaches classes, workshops in Western and Uranian astrology that has those midpoints, based, <laughs> based in Seattle, like everybody, and does telephone and Zoom. And, okay, did Ray and Raphael. Down here in the bottom corner is an astrologist, author, and novelist. His readings enable customers to shift awareness to a more true direction. And boy, that's everything with Aquarius times. 
self-discovery is a probability when you sit on the table with Raphael. And he uses 39 years of experience for charts, reading energy from the stars. And <laughs> it flows into the cup. And unseen, but you will hear, is Justin Elsie. Not to, last but not least. Certainly. Justin's an archetypal astrologer in depth transformational astrology and numerology for um, Sabian symbols, along with all the lunar return, natal and progressed charts for soul's journey. And he's a spiritualist medium, communicates with spirits and guides, service to spirit and does individual mediumship readings and seances. And he's a certified meditation teacher, certified Reiki practitioner with animal Reiki, and he's an author and an activist. Well, so there you have it. Four plus one equals five. And as we look into 2021, if each one of us, and I'll introduce an idea too, might think of something in this year as it looms, and we've already experienced some of the events, um, possibly, that really speaks out to us. And I will focus just on the one thought, and we can repeat the same idea. It doesn't matter because we'll all have our own lens. But for me, the nodes in Gemini that want communication, and I think like the nodes in the last 18 months that had its focus on cancer, little did we understand the intention and depths that that means. And communication, which is between spirit and matter, looking at the twins, is going to prove to be so significant. We have a year more to find out what that can mean for us individually. So, uh, Raphael, what would you say would be your takeaway thought for just coming up with something for 2021. Know thyself is key. And our solar cycle began, a new solar cycle began in 2019 in December. And what I mean is the solar cycle based on the 11 plus year cycle of sunspots. So we reached solar minimum in 2019 and in December, we began the whole new solar cycle, which will be at solar maximum in two, by 2025. So why is that significant? Well, <clears throat> all aspects in astrology respond to solar flares, to coronal mass ejections. And so the more plasma that is released, moving sometimes thousands of kilometers a second, reaching the Earth's magnetosphere, affect whatever's going on with the aspects, with the planets. So if you think of Saturn and Uranus, right? And you think of the past, Saturn, and the future, Uranus. You can see this juxtaposition of two ideas, two mainstream ideas that are bucking for center stage. <laughs> so people are going to be, and probably are now, we are all being affected by the currents of the stars, the currents of the planets. And Saturn and Uranus primarily represent, you can might say, the forces of darkness and light. And I'm just using that metaphorically. So it is a time to transcend paradigms, old paradigms, 
because as the old box, right? Schrodinger's cat, right? In physics, you only see when you open up that box what's inside when you look at it. But we don't know if there's a cat in that box or not. But when you look at it, what are you looking at? Your reality. And so our realities are changing now. And what we see and what we expect and what we expect to see in the next moment has a lot to do with how we see things. So it is important for all of us to begin to consider how we see things, how we are sometimes limited by our perceptions based on our rules that we've set up and begin to consider changing those rules by how we live. And by doing that, we can begin to expand our purview in a much larger way and pull ourselves out of any limiting or restricting paradigms that we've been in. So Saturn and Uranus have a lot to do with that now, releasing the past, releasing the slavery towards the past and beginning to embrace a different way of looking at things. So to me, with all the planets in Aquarius now, having new ideas and new ways of looking at things is really a good thing at this time. So again, the solar cycle reaching solar maximum by 2025, whatever aspects are going on astrologically, they become intensified during these high sunspot cycles. So we can consider that we're going to have some very, very interesting times over the next six years. I think scientifically and metaphysically, that really states what, how we are transitioning between tradition and rebirth. Thank you. We'll come back to that. And I'll do an invisible one. Justin, I know you're there on the airwaves. What's your takeaway quick or not so quick? Because we'll come back to all of this. Um, what's your thought of 2021? Well, I think... Well, I think, you know, we got, uh, there's two ways to look at this, uh, the short game and the long game. And, and I totally agree with what uh, Raphael was saying there on the long game, the bigger picture what's happening. And, of course, that's where we deal with the uh, Saturn and Jupiter have now moved into Aquarius. But I think uh, what really strikes me this year is, is on the short game, what's, what's happening in the, in, the, in the short run here, is this Mars transit throughout the year. Um, this year alone, at least six uh, six signs are going to have a, a, a Mars transit through, with another two signs at least a little bit of. So a large part of the population this year is going to have what we call a Mars return. And, uh, of course, Mars uh, goes through the signs completely about every one and a half to two years. So this year is kind of interesting as we've, uh, been, you know, holed up in a, in a quarantine and everybody's been kind of put into a timeout, per se, uh, of a period of uh, reevaluation of where we're going to go forward. It's, it's interesting how this year almost a, a large part of the population is going to have a Mars return, which that means, you know, kind of what uh, it, everybody's going to be um, driven to really kind of move forward this year, a large part of the population is. And um, so I think it's kind of important to look uh, what sign that your Mars is in this year and what that uh, what that outlook looks like and to get a Mars return chart pulled up and so that you can kind of see what is the next one and a half years, where's your 
your mojo and your drive going to be going? <laughs> and so I, I, um, I look a lot at the Mars stuff and then, of course, the, the moon cycles, and that's pretty in-depth. Uh, and you can kind of see what the emotional and the energetic drive is going to be for the collective for the whole year. And so that's what I've kind of looked at. And I think, uh, you know, we're going to still be in a period of change because Pluto doesn't move out of Capricorn until at least 2024. And so, but on a, on a, on a small scale, the short game here, I think that, you know, people are going to continue to try to branch out this year, get out of this quarantine as much as possible, get with friends and family, really be driven to accomplish something um, as we move uh, throughout this year. And it's a five-year in numerology, so um, in Vedic numerology, Western numerology, so it's still a year of change. So that's, that's kind of my perspective. I say watch, watch the Mars cycles and the moon cycles this year. Well, there's a lot of mutability and that goes along with the nodes. But also, I'm always told that the universe loves action, that it's a verb. And that's the name of the game. How can we get somewhere if we don't take one little step? So we'll remember. Now, uh, debating. Ray or Karen, uh, maybe we'll start with Ray. Ray, what would you like to just... Um, they're not such little nutshells here. They're kind of big trees that we're introducing. But what's your thought? <laughs> well, I just like to follow up on what both Justin and Raphael were talking about. But I want to put it into uh, the context of two long games. The longest game is the Neowise Comet, which has, in one way or another, Described a 6,800-year cycle, taking us back to the last time it was going around the sun, was around the Neolithic age when the hunter-gatherer humans were beginning to surprise themselves with like, wow, look at that, a watermelon came up and I dropped that seed there. So that began agriculture, which began the process of being able to feed more people, to support more people, and also led eventually to the birth of civilization, which is based on agriculture. But it may very well be that since we deal with cycles, that we're at the end of a certain cycle of the development of civilization, which is going to require some kind of change, some kind of new form of civilization, some kind of new structure. We don't really know what that is yet. But my particular um, love in astrology is transpersonal because it pushes the individual in the context of something more than what they are as individual particles within a whole. And, uh, and the whole of this whole thing, harking back to what Raphael was saying, this whole idea of your Saturn and Uranus. You know, Uranus is a it's an ambassador from the galaxy. We have to understand that we're not just uh, one little solar system, but that we also have to understand that Saturn represents individuality in a number of different ways, and Uranus represents collectivity. Now, what we know, what I know, and what I've studied with Rudyard about what transpersonal really requires is that we need to rein in individualism. Uh, and it has to move toward the Uranian 
Saturn to Uranus. It has to move to collectivism. Now, of course, um, there are people in general who get some idea that, yeah, we're, we're heading in that direction, but they're afraid, uh, like Trump was and a lot of other, other capitalists are, that this is what we have to have socialism and all of that kind of stuff. So that's a false argument, but that's exactly the way that it's put into the Saturnian context of the fear of losing its strength and structure about the way it wants the world to run. So I, I want to pay a lot of attention to that. And the, the lesser context, still a long game, is the Pluto return that is in effect. Pluto return, by that I mean when the United States um, mm -hmm. began, uh, Pluto was at a certain point, 27-something degrees of Capricorn. It's at 25 now. And between now and 2024, we are being faced with all of our unfinished business, things that we promised in our uh, revolutionary war that we would support. It was all tainted by one thing, racism. Now, you could have predicted that just by looking at the Gemini rising chart of the United States because that is filled with cancer. I don't mean cancer of a yeah. disease, but the sign cancer, which does have an awful lot to do with the understanding of race. But race there, according to, as far as cancer is concerned, is talking about humanity. It's talking mm. about life. It's talking about the different... Uh, aspects of, of life developing on the planet. But when we're dealing with human beings, that life depends upon the experiences that they've had in their short lives. Remember, 200, 300 years ago, to get to be 50, you were, you were ancient. So there was an awful lot of that that is, is part of all this. And I also would like to uh, look into the different, uh, there are four different eclipses Two in uh, two of them are lunar, two of them are solar, and so um, I'd like to leave it into the context of that, and we'll take it from there. All right. Well, humanity and our inclusiveness and the truth of it all. I think there's uh, work to be done. And Ooh. thank you. Yeah. And Karen Winderland down there at the bottom. Uh, what would you like to say? And then we'll finish with Denny Luna. Yeah. So, more of the same. Um, just like Raphael said, know yourself. Know yourself today because who you were is gone. And getting, and even when you think you know yourself really well, who's that 2021 version of you? And what is that vitality that you want to bring into your life and bring into the world and, and transmit and share? Um, because frankly, we're all in a hurry. We're in a hurry to get it, whatever it is, done. And, and it's really frustrating when we can't get that it done or it it is in the back of our head and there's not a voice to it. So this is a period of time for me to really connect to the deeper inner voice that has, that is just bursting at the seams to get 
that it out um, and to remove whatever those obstacles are that is in the way of you achieving that knowledge, that deeper knowledge of what is true and so and for you. And it's not for everybody else. It's just for you. You know, it's just your piece. And, you know, and that part of uh, feeling close to the community and mm -hmm. learning how to be yourself and in right relationship with the community is really important because, again, we're growing towards more inclusivity, more inclusivity, and this makes us wider. That makes us broader, makes our vision bigger. And But it's, that's going to take time. That's going to take a lot of time, a lot of energy, and a lot of listening. A lot of listening, because there are a lot of people, as we know, who have different opinions than we do. And they're not wrong. And they're not right. They're just different opinions than we have. And so becoming more aware of, you know, I have this point of view about me and this is or of, of the world. And it's interesting to me and I like it. And I choose to live there every once in a while. So what is your point of view about the world? And how do you share that? And gee, that's really interesting. You have that point of view. Um, I don't get it, but but wow, I'm glad it worked for you. You know, so it it's it's like being able to be containerizing yourself, your capital S self, without being disturbed by somebody else's way of looking at the world. It's just their way of looking at the world. Because gradually we get to being able to listen to all this chaos. And when each individual person can be within themselves and strong and true for their point of view and know that's what it is, then it's like, oh, you can talk to people who are different than you and go, wow, that's really interesting. I had no idea. You know, and actually learn something and be engaged in finding solutions to long held problems. Um, because a part of what Ray was talking about with the US, the US's Pluto return is our country's original sin of slavery has got to be spoken of and brought to the surface and and talked about and what are those prisms that uh, we are currently looking at, you know, it's like, uh, you know, we have to have a conversation and it's going to be a loud conversation. It's going to be loud. And, uh, and so, with, but when we can stay in our space and go, Wow, interesting point of view. You've got that point of view. You know, because I get my point of view, how can I learn something from this? You know, and to kind of detach ourselves mm -hmm. from the emotion so we can learn others' points of view. Uh, you know, we've got a lot of people who, you know, don't really like the country very much right now, and they just as soon leave, thank you very much. And 
you know, it's like listening to that point of view is painful. <laughs> and listening to your friends and family who've gone down the QAnon or any of the other things that are out there, there's so many of them. Uh, it's 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 going to take a lot of talking. It's I, that yes, I, yeah. It's like the, no, the talk. Danny had brought up this position that kind of in the long term point is that we learn how to talk to each other, that we learn how to listen and to be with each other, and it's like. Yeah, we really do. And we it's like learning to a little at a time, take the edge off, to have it be not about you. It's not your opinion. You know, yeah. you've got your opinion and it's wrong, but it's yours. Because there's, there's so no such thing as that right or wrong. Sorry, Sue. <laughs> no, it's okay, Karen. And I'm looking at the clock and we'll get to Denny. But so many bells rang off when you were talking because I was thinking about the conditioning, really understanding where was I because I know I'm not there anymore. And who was that I? I know I've been thinking that for myself and that whole conditioning idea. But this need to talk and the need that people don't want to be here is really, in a sense, maybe that Neptune that's uh, that all of us want to escape, right? There must be an imagination place that we could all be that's a little bit better than this right now. But what you're talking about is communicating just like we are with these ultimate six, one invisible through the hemispheres, <laughs> Justin. And so thank you, Karen. Now, Danny, we don't, we have a couple of minutes here and then we'll take a break. But if you had a thought too that you would like to present, Sure. Well, in all this craziness of 2020, 2021, all the fractures, all the fighting, I think it helps to be psychic because you can see different levels of reality and you can see the self and you can see the high self, which is kind of the invisible, but it's the real self. So I, you know, thank you, Karen, for mentioning that, you know, my, my take on things. I was really inspired by all these people in the panel. And one of the things that Karen talked about um, really stuck with me. She says, you know, we're going to be here for the long haul. And so Pluto will be in Capricorn, you know, for the next four years, started out um, with, with a lot of the same planetary configurations, really in 2015. So whatever that story was from 2015 to 2024, we're on the same track. So I got to thinking, I got to researching, and sure enough, in 2015, we had Colin Kaepernick taking the knee for the first time. We had Bill Gates saying, there's going to be a pandemic if you don't, you know, beef up your security on this issue. And, you know, it's, it's like we get this gentle tap on the shoulder. And then if we don't pay attention, we get the talk. And then that doesn't work, we get the slap on the head and maybe the fatal heart attack when we're not paying attention. So not to be grim, but we are on this, this same train together. And as a psychic, one of the things that I tried to contribute were the messages that were coming through to me. And uh, I know we're probably short on time till your break, but just let me say that it's very much 
that it's a people's movement. And it's up to us, up to us to determine that and to move past all the false narratives and the false looks at history and to take other points of view. Um, yes, there's racism in the history of this country, but there's also incredible feats of heroism that say, you know, back in the 1700s, you guys were pretty forward thinking. You said no to English is the only language. You said, you know, the, the first, so I won't go on and on about that, but stories are so important. And, and that if we're in the story and we have people in conspiracy theories and other stories, in order to engage them, we have to re really reconfigure how their stories are told. Beautiful. Well, thank you. This is January 30th with the East West Astrologers. So tune back right in and we'll be with Ray Couture and Jenny Luna, Karen Wimberland, Raphael, and Justin Elsie. Thanks. take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We are currently in the Yang period of Aquarius, ruled modernly by Uranus and Saturn in traditional astrology by the ancients. By leaving a cycle based on governing structures through both man-made and universal laws, Aquarius breaks established patterns, permitting the energy of freedom, just as its ruling planet Uranus spins on its side and orbits backwards. As a fixed air sign represented by the water bearer pouring the spirit of cosmic energy, Aquarius seeks to find like-minded, intuitively aligned souls to connect in social groups for the elevation and improvement of all. Hello, universe. This is Catherine Metcalf, professional astrologer, intuitive, and tarot card reader. And you are listening to Talk Cosmos on Alternative Talk, 1150 AM, where we discuss the meaningfulness of our roots in the stars, hosted by the beautiful Sue Rose Minahan every Saturday from 6 to 7 PM. Self-help, healing, spirituality, and more on Alternative Talk, 1150. Hi, here we are again. And we have our second half of 2021 sequel from the East-West Astrologers. And there are five of us, I mean, five of you and myself, one we cannot see, which is Justin Elsie. And, uh, but the point is, is that I'll bring up a thought and please just interject and have a conversation as we might. Um, and of course, you folks know each other, so hopefully you can jump in and, and say that. But I know that there were a Again and again, it's this transition moving between the forces, which we have three of them, the uh, Saturn, Square, Uranus. But there's backdrops at pinpoint. I mean, those are going to be moments of past and present that are juxtaposing us with all our conditioning and our where is our humanity of, of remembrance. But the eclipses... I'm thinking Ray brought up that. So um, if that's a subject that somebody wants to 
present. I know that I read something that it, it, somebody, and whether this is right or wrong, but um, the one in May, there's two lunar and two solar, and they're all revolving around Gemini and Sag, although interest, yes, they are. Okay. Um, um, well, okay, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I guess I might as well since I brought sure. it up in the beginning. Um, they revolve around Sag and Gemini, but they also include one in Taurus. That's what I thought, yes. And the, the first one uh, this year, first of all, eclipses. Agents of transformation. A cycle is ending, a cycle is beginning. A lunar cycle of eclipses is magnification of that moon. And the, 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 the cycles that the solar eclipses take place, as Raphael was mentioning, they're, they're, they have a name as sorrow cycle. They have a, a, a few dozen different cycles called sorrow cycles. But the general picture is that they take place in any given sign about every 18 and a half to 19 years and so forth. So you can count on, count on them in cycles. Right. So the, the first eclipse uh, this year, 2021, is going to be at uh, five and a half or so degrees of Sagittarius. And so uh, my advice would be look at your chart if you have one and see where the fifth degree or sixth degree of Sagittarius falls. And look and see what kind of house it's in. House means what part of your life. You know, these are departments of life. The house is a simple reality for them. So look in there and see what that might mean. And then you see that there's a magnification of uh, the higher consciousness that you need to manifest and sort of drag your ego into it. Because the moon, in one way or another, is relative in astro astrology to uh, the eagle. The other, uh, and that's the eclipse is on May 25th. And then there's a solar eclipse at 19 and a half degrees of Gemini uh, on June 10th. And um, the, the, the idea here uh, is very interesting. Um, in and of itself, it, it is really saying that it's the end uh, in some kind of way of the old context of argumentation in relationship, which brings up what Karen was saying and what um, Denny is really trying to point out. The stories are important. Who you are is not who you've been and who you've been is not who you are. But there is a story that's involved there called the transition through various stages of your identity, starting with the spiritual at birth and the whole process of returning to spirit. As Ram Dass said, so we're all going home. And so that's what the moon represents in astrology as well. But this eclipse at 19 degrees, 47 minutes of Gemini, right on the space, tiny space, between Donald Trump's North Node and his Uranus. So it could be the end of his effectiveness with regard to causing chaos and argumentation within the social realm, which Libra is the basic 
uh, function of. And then um, there's another eclipse in, uh, there is uh, uh, the lunar eclipse in Taurus, I'm sorry, another lunar, lo another lunar eclipse. This is in the last part of Taurus. Now, the idea uh, of Taurus, you know, has to do with the whole business of maintenance of power of, uh, in, in terms of um, value. You know, you, your value changes throughout your story. No one's going to hire a three-year-old to run a television station. Your power increases as you go, but your, crowd, your power uh, shoots up tremendously post-eclipse if you understand what is going on. But the problem with eclipses is that they're normally presenting you with something that's ending. And that's kind of deserting. So you have to focus on the future, which this Saturn-Uranus idea is really important to understand because Uranus says, look, you're part of something more than what is ending. You're part of something that is bigger than some particular part of it that's over. So during this year for us, especially with regard to the whole idea of what your value is, you've got to pump it up uh, to be able to, in some way, look at your various successes and failures and lift your head up and say, okay, I'm reaching not to the stars so much as to the spirit. And my understanding is if you do that, something very miraculous starts to happen. The spirit starts to respond. So when you're not satisfied with what you've done because it's boring now, what else? I've succeeded at everything else or I've failed at everything. Success is the sum result of all the previous failures at whatever you're trying to do. And the last eclipse is in Sagittarius at middle part of Sagittarius. And um, in terms of what that means, where does that appear in your chart? The same idea. But when you're looking at um, Joe Biden's chart, this last eclipse at the end of the year is in his first house. And when you look at... Um, his uh, seventh house, that eclipse of in Gemini, um, in in the Libra part of Gemini, is in his seventh house. So look, look to see him really uh, take off, and really uh, rack up some successes with what he's trying to do. And this, yeah, I'm gonna leave it there. Well, that's encouraging in a lot of ways. When I keep remembering this theme of listening. That has to do with our talking, has to do with listening to ourselves, such as a psychic, you know, our, our intuitive and, and what, Karen, what both Denny and Karen are saying. And I think everybody here is very uh, intuitive, but it, it's so necessary not to project. And um, what else was I? Oh, and the stories. we can, That's one thing we have freedom of doing, changing the words, the perspective. It all ties in. Mars, um, Justin, you're back. And, of course, I'm thinking of both um, Mars having six uh, signs plus two is really powerful, that action body that I don't know if in conjunction with the eclipses, if you see something or if you just want to yeah. augment further. Yeah, I was actually going to comment on that. Uh, it's oh, interesting that both, during during both of these eclipses this year, uh, the first one, which uh, Ray was talking about, uh, the uh, the first one in May, when the it's the lunar eclipse in Sagittarius, we know lunar eclipses is more of a 
time to go more inward and um and then of course the full moon and the or the new moon is in Gemini and that's the solar eclipse. What's interesting is that Mars is in Cancer at that particular time. And then for the last uh lunar and solar eclipse at the at the end of the year, Mars is in Scorpio. Um, so we got two water signs here during this period of time and so when you're talking about, you know, uh what Karen and Denny and others are talking about that story and and connections. There's going to be a real drive during these two times uh, to really, uh, for the first one, it's uh, part of that's going to be about family and the collective because it's in Cancer, um, and and the second one, of course, uh, as Ray pointed out, is really powerful. It, it's going to be interesting because in October uh, there are uh, four planets that go direct. Pluto, Saturn, Jupiter, and Mercury. And things really start to speed up in, in October um, into November. Then when the first lunar eclipse is in uh, November in Taurus. And then, of course, the new moon is at the beginning of uh, December in Sag. And that, uh, of course, I uh, should also say that uh, Biden is having a Mars return because his Mars is also in um in uh, Scorpio. So I think when you look at these two eclipses around what's going on with Mars, it's all about emotions and the intensity of the emotions of how we feel and and what we do with these eclipses and how we respond to them emotionally. Yes, and actually they say it's how, if we want to manifest, feeling is the gut, the gut. Uh, uh, purpose. I mean, our mind can do things, but how do we feel about it? And Raphael, because um, I guess I have, I'll draw each one of you in, in, in here, Karen. Um, your solar, I am such a, a geek as, in my heart about the solar system, the galaxies. So you've grabbed my attention. And the very fact that we have um, we science now our co-partner, I, I could say maybe on some terms, once they realize that we're co-partnering, um, is sees, right, sees galactic centers and that therefore the theory can actually manifest into realities. And what I'm thinking is, as we know, when any, anything is determined out there, uh, it changes our, con- well, it reflects the consciousness idea, hermetic code, all of this, it's a reflection. So when you're talking about I'm thinking about the nodes in Gemini, this communication, and at a distance uh, with Sag, and of course our, our eclipses are there um, this year too, for the most part. The idea of grab this together, Sue. I'm pulling these threads together. Um, the idea that this communication coming from somehow. Uh, uh, it, it seems like there'll be relevations. That's what I'm thinking. That are pretty revelations. Yeah, revelations of insight. Yeah, yeah. pretty powerful yeah. ones. Yeah. So if you have a thought that you want to continue on that, am I making sense as to? Well, eclipses represent for a moment an absence of light, as either the moon moves into the preumbra or the umbra. And or the sun being eclipsed by the moon, there is no light from those bodies hitting the earth. 
And anytime there is a cessation of a vibration or radiation from, from the luminaries, there is a corresponding effect everywhere in space. And people react to those. And so when eclipses occur, if we're talking about an absence of light, it is an opportunity for each person to become the light at that moment of the eclipse, before and after even, so that the cessation of light never happens. We become the light for the planet at those moments. So we have an opportunity to participate in cosmic processes, especially eclipses, by invoking light, by seeing and visualizing light around us, because we know how powerful thought is. The ethers around us respond to every thought, every word, every feeling, every gesture, even the lifting of a finger. The ethers respond to that and take on the quality of that movement. So when we visualize ourselves in light and move through space within that great sphere of light, if we desire to move in a sphere of light, we, in a sense, help to offset those reactions of individuals, especially ourselves, during those eclipse cycles, because they also, as my brother said, they ramp up the energies, just like the sunspots during the 11 plus year sunspot cycle, which is not the same as the sorrow cycle. And so it is an opportunity to begin to recognize that so many people are thinking about the astrology happening to them. What's going to happen to me with all these planets and these aspects? What am I going to feel? What's going to go on in my physical or mental or emotional world? What if we flipped that and began to see ourselves as emanators of light because we have a solar source, we have a source, emanating it out through the earth and to the other planets, and to the other solar systems. Who's to say that we're not being perceived by other systems of worlds through our own radiation, our own emanations? So if we can think of ourselves as giving light, giving love, giving pure thoughts, sending them into space, which creates a special atmosphere around us, and helps to modulate the effects of those configurations of the planets and the stars. We become emanators ourselves. We become, and as you know, Paracelsus, the great alchemist said, the stars are within. Heaven is man and man is heaven. Every star, every planet is represented within us. So we can also begin to participate more consciously in this cosmic drama. And have a beneficial effect on others and on nature in the kingdoms of nature. So thank you for allowing me to share on that level. Oh, I, I do, because actually that's quite representative just of the full of this uh, full moon that we just experienced and going to the new moon just in Aquarius, thinking of Leo and Aquarius. And I'm also thinking that. It, it 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 
this idea of humanity that has been a theme. And I think what Karen's been talking about as far as, uh, um, uh, well, you know what I'm thinking is that we're creating the environment that we actually live in, having that trust that the universe responds, you know, that life responds, that people respond, that all of this. So I see people doing different motions here. Karen, I don't know if you have a thought, or I, I think Ray does. And, and Ray Ed, does first. Oh, go ahead. I saw you go. Oh, no, ladies first, ladies first. Oh, well, we can all talk for days. But we need Jenny too, yeah. yeah. I'll interrupt if I need to. <laughs> all right. Oh, okay, please do. Um, so... I love this eclipse that's coming up in June to get more practical. Um, because in Gemini, the sun and moon eclipse in Gemini with the North Node, it, it's like, what if you're not just one thing? What if you're two things? And maybe three things or four things or five things or six things? You know, what if you're bigger than you think you are? What if you're not just a point of view? What if you, inside you, you have 20 points of view and they all conflict with one another? What if you're not so stable that you think you are? What, just what if, maybe, maybe you aren't as, together as you think you are and maybe it's not the end of the world maybe you don't have to have the bravado maybe you can say ah this is a journey to find out the weirdness in me to find out the pieces that are incongruent to just get to a discovery of more congruence but we don't you know it's a job that's never going to be done you know, it's just not going to be done. The two people on the planet right now who may be ascended masters, may, maybe there's two, um, you know, the rest of us, you know, we don't, we don't stand a chance. But we do get more congruent and we do get more aware so that we can become in these connecting with each other more you know, a, a bigger sense of community, a bigger sense of fullness. Um, the eclipses with Gemini and Sag are so much about discovering what is freedom. Freedom of the mind, freedom of the body, freedom to uh, run around the country Heck, go to a restaurant for dinner. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? Uh, uh, to go bowling. What the heck? Just get out of the house. So it's like, what is that freedom? You know, we're dealing with the external freedoms. But what about the internal freedom? Mm -hmm. Where in us do we need to free ourselves so that we have broader thinking? So that we question our thinking? So I love these eclipses this year for that kind of lighter. It's not heavy. This is not Scorpio. You know, this is Sag. This is Gemini. We can talk. We can talk. We can argue. We can be wrong. 
heaven it's, forbid, be wrong in the environment we're in right now. Good points. Good points. <laughs> you know, because sometimes the feelings and the words, and I think it's a matter of learning new vocabularies and listening, yeah. accepting that the other person and not pointing. It's very good. Thank you so much, because I think as a backdrop, all this air energy that we're having, the flexibility, you know, we have three retrogrades in air coming up. In fact, one's coming up, what, today? At any rate, um, yeah, I think we're in it right now. We're on the review passage. But again, it's not earth shaking, as we know. Danny, I know we have we have a little time. I will say that next week we have Planet Buzz, and tonight we have the East-West Astrologers of the Northwest. And they had a forum on the 16th. You can go to eastwestbookshop.org and on the online events and purchase that. It's only $25. I listened to it. It's a long four-hour. It really goes into this wonderful discourse with the five astrologers about this coming year and they do a second one in the summer and hopefully they'll be back um so and you can go to talk cosmos and find out how to reach any of these great astrologers and that would be ray couture and daddy uh, uh, luna and karen wenderland Raphael, and in the background in, on airtime is justin elsie so daddy maybe you want to conclude and when you hear the music not to worry we have a minute but we do have to f- finish up within that minute how would you like to conclude i think you wanted to mention a little bit about last year how accurate the the uh the talks were that yes it really reaffirmed my faith that how accurate astrology can be and also how um a lot of those predictions incorporated the sabian symbols so that they had a a psychic image to go with them that kind of guided them but i'll just give you a, a couple of well a few examples so um Justin Elzey, at uh, back in January, he says, by the end of this month, there's going to be a shakeup in the monarchy in Britain. So very last day of January, we get exit of Prince Harry, <laughs> Meghan Markle. And, and then he says, you know, right after that, we're going to have the Iowa caucuses. Now you watch, because there's this little known person named Pete. Gutichich, and he's going to take the Iowa caucus. Well, lo and behold, Pete takes it. And then he says it's the field is going to heat up and there's going to be so much competition. And, you know, we saw how crowded those debate stage, you know, how that was. And he said, but, you know, surprise, surprise, in May, it's going to all settle down. And, uh, you know, predicted vice president and then on into this long saga of of the president so so um yeah go ahead order that and it'll include it you know order the the tape of the 2021 and it'll also include a 20 minute highlight of all the accurate things that happened in 20. very good yeah denny was the moderator for that event and this has been so special it's just a, a, a a well great lesson for me to be listening and uh, some real sage stuff here about the collective business that we're in transiting through the unknown and embrace it because we'll get to change our stories. We live a life that we can 
start sharing on more terms. So thank you, North, um, Northwest Astrologers, East-West Astrologers, Karen, Raphael, Denny, Ray, and Justin. Yay! Thank you, Sue. Yeah, thank right. you. Okay. Great. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and guests unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Be sure to tune in next Saturday at 6 p.m. to continue finding your roots in the stars.